Hey folks, Scott Annual here. A couple of weeks ago, Virgil Walker, Laramie Minga, and Matt Sykes and I had a conversation about the need to reform worship in our churches according to Scripture, and why we at G3 Ministries have launched biblical worship workshops. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and I hope you join us for the first biblical worship workshop February 8th and 9th at Praise Mill Baptist Church in Douglasville, Georgia. You can register at g3men.org. Enjoy this conversation. Well, I want to be the first uh, to welcome you to a conversation that we're going to have about worship workshops here at uh, G3 Ministries. Uh, Excited to be joined today by uh, an illustrious panel. Before I, I get to them and what they're going to do. Allow me to first introduce myself. For those who may not know, I am Virgil Walker, uh, the Executive Director of Operations for G3 Ministries. And uh, I'm I'm excited to join you to talk about what we're going to talk about regarding uh, worship. Uh, Over the course of the past, I can can tell you as uh, someone who's been a part of Praise Mill uh, Baptist Church, uh, who's been a part of G3 Ministries, I can tell you that, man, the topic of worship is one that we talk about often uh, around these parts. It's it's something that uh, I think culturally speaking, uh, there's often great conversation about. And so we're going to have a conversation about worship uh, today. And I think it would really I, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage everyone who uh, would be listening to share this on your Facebook page. Uh, for you to uh, engage friends, reach out, text. We try to do this over uh, what would be the lunch hour for for most everybody or thereabouts, uh, for you to get an opportunity to hear uh, some great men talk about worship. And then again, what we're going to be doing here at G3 regarding our worship workshops. Uh, I'll, I'll open up the panel and then I'll introduce these men uh, for you. Let me get this opened up. Here we go. Um, got, uh, let me open this up and then, all right, let me give you the the panel and I'm not sure. I know what, I know on my screen, what it looks like. I don't know how on other, other platforms this looks. I don't know who's in what order. Uh, so allow me to introduce to you what, what looks like to my right, perhaps your left, uh, Matt Sykes. He is the pastor of discipleship uh, and worship here at Praise Mill Baptist Church here in Douglasville. Um, he's going to be, we're, we're also joined uh, by Dr. Scott Annual. He's executive vice president, editor in chief of G3 Ministries. He's here uh, in Douglasville at Praise Mill with us. Uh, as well, uh, we have uh, Laramie Minga. Laramie, I hope I said your last name correctly. Uh, he is the pastor of discipleship and worship at Woodland Baptist Church uh, in Baton Rouge. Louisiana. I'm going to unmute you guys for just a moment so that you can kind of greet everybody. We'll start. I just want to kind of start with with Scott and just uh, kind of greet the people just quickly. And uh, uh, Matt, I'll allow you to do the same and then layer me. Scott, what do you have? Thanks so much, Virgil. We're great to be having this conversation on an important topic. Thanks for all who are uh, logging in and uh, looking forward to having having a conversation and sharing about this uh, wonderful new uh, event that we're having with G3 Ministries. Absolutely. Matt. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for hosting us on this uh, conversation about worship and the workshops that we're excited to launch. We're, we're excited about the, the time together today. Yeah, great. Laramie? 
Yeah, likewise. Um, super thankful for G3 Ministries and their investment in helping churches really submit everything they do, especially worship to the Word of God. And so, yeah. really thankful for this opportunity. Yeah, I'm grateful to be to be joined by you, men. I, I've had some wonderful conversations, uh, particularly with Pastor Matt and uh, about worship, and and then again my participation here uh, at Praise Mill. Uh, has really shaped and formed uh, what I think about worship, how I think about worship. It's been tremendous. Pastor Matt and I have had a, a number of conversations around this. I know his thoughts have been shaped and formed uh, by you, Dr. Scott Annual. And uh, and so I, I know that, that this is going to be an incredible conversation that we're going to have. Our, our primary push uh, initially is really to tell people about the worship work, the worship workshops. But in addition to that, I know we're going to talk about some great things regarding the importance of worship uh, and the like. Let me start by saying again, I want to, if you just jumped on with us, uh, we're going to be doing a number of things. One, we're going to be answering uh, questions that you may have. So feel free, whatever platform you're on, whether it's YouTube or Facebook, to type in the comment section. I'll, I'll look at those as we proceed in our conversation. I'll kind of moderate both the conversation and the question and ask, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll save that kind of toward the end. So you'll want to stick with us. Number two, want to encourage you as well uh, to share this on your Facebook page, uh, to share this and let others who might be following in YouTube, uh, let them know about our conversation. This will be archived uh, for you to take a look at later on. Uh, and so again, I think some very very important uh, conversation pieces will, will be a part of that. So with that, I, I really want to start out, uh, Scott, with you and just kind of uh, allow you to kind of unpack for uh, the audience just what it is you were thinking about regarding, because I know you are, you're a big catalyst uh, for getting uh, kind of the, the idea around worship and, and the worship workshops started. Uh, do a couple of things for us. Allow folks to know a little bit about um, your role, what you'll be, what you're going to be doing here with G3 for those who may not know, um, and then two, share a little bit about, uh, about about your thoughts around the worship workshops and why those are so important. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to be joining G3 and just helping to continue to add resources uh, for free. A lot of them online and other things. Uh, working with Virgil has been already uh, a lot of fun, and uh, all the events and all of the all of the things that G3 is doing, as Laramie said earlier, really to serve the local church and help pastors and churches think about how we should be submitting all of what we do theologically and, and with our churches under the authority of the word of God. And that's true with every aspect of our theology. That's true with every aspect of our ecclesiology. Uh, but it is, it is very important that we think about this in terms of our, our worship. Uh, theology and history of worship has kind of been really the focus of my life and ministry now for, for many years and having taught for the past 10 years on the seminary level, predominantly in this area. And it, it just continues to strike me how important it is to have these sorts of conversations and the necessity to reform our worship according to the word of God. You think about, I mean, this Sunday is October 31st as we record this. Many of us will be celebrating Reformation Day, uh, thinking about Martin Luther sparking this Reformation that really began many years really, you know, even a hundred years before him and then continued in, in, in several other really important men over the next couple of hundred years. But if you think about the Reformation, we often think of it in terms of 
the reformation of theology, justification by faith alone, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, the glory of God alone. All of those things are, are so important and were certainly central to what happened during the Protestant Reformation. But we often forget that the Protestant Reformation was also a reformation of worship. Those two things, theology and worship, were not considered in the minds of the reformers as two separate things. Mm -hmm. They were seen very much tied together because, and this is, I mentioned this because this is really driving our thinking with regard to a need for biblical worship workshops, mm -hmm. is the reformers recognized the, the essential connection between what we believe and how we worship. They recognized all of the theological problems that had developed in the Middle Ages in the Roman Catholic Church, but they also recognized that those theological problems began to manifest themselves in how churches were worshiping. And not only does the worship reflect theology, it also forms theology. And so Martin Luther and Calvin and these other men recognized that that they could write about theology, and they did. They could preach scripture, and they did. And those things were essential, important catalysts for the reformation of the church. But they also recognized if they just did that, and they didn't give attention to the worship, that actually how people were worshiping week in and week out would end up deforming the people inconsistent with the theological reforms. And so along with expositional preaching of scripture and writing treatises on important theological truths, they also gave a lot of attention to the way in which the churches were, worship, were worshiping. And particularly in what we might call the reformed wing of the Reformation, people like Martin Bucer in Germany and John Calvin in Geneva they really strove to make sure that the way that they were worshiping, the content of their worship, the structure of the worship, the forms of the worship, every aspect about how their churches were worshiping would be submitted to and reformed according to the authoritative, sufficient word of God. I just did a podcast episode on this focusing on Mar uh, Martin Bootser, who is an often overlooked reformer and also John Calvin, and how they insisted when it comes to how we worship, we want to submit ourselves continually under the authority of the word of God. And that influenced so much about how they, how they worshiped week in and week out, recognizing how it would form people's theology. The fact of the matter is, we still need that kind of reform. Mm -hmm. There have been a number of things that have impacted the church evangelical churches over the years from the the enlightenment to american revivalism to pentecostalism to the church growth movement all of these have significantly impacted christianity not only just in what we believe but in also how we worship and i think we're all thankful in the last uh, several years that there's been a recovery of reformed theology there's been a recovery of expositional preaching emphasis on sound doctrine, but what there often has not been is the same kind of reformation that happened in the 16th century, and that is a reformation of worship. So unfortunately, the, the, the status of many churches today is that there's a recovery of biblical theology, 
Maybe our doctrinal statements are very sound and the preaching of the word of God is sounding forth from pulpits, but we haven't given sufficient attention to our worship. And the question before us is the same question that the reformers asked, which is more powerfully affecting the beliefs of our people? Some doctrinal statement on a website or the way that we worship week after week after week. This is what is really fueling us as we launch these biblical worship workshops. We want to to help to spark conversation and careful thought about the way that the scriptures should form our worship so that our worship forms our people according to the scriptures. Yeah, Scott, that that's great. I I I so understand what you're saying when you when you talk about one, the the influence of of cultural ideas, whether it's the 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 time of the Enlightenment or what we see in American evangelicalism, musically, you know, sp- particularly musically speaking, or the influences of of Pentecostalism and 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 what we see in charismatic circles and the expectation that people have when it comes to when when, when they come from those settings into reformed theology, a lot of them enter that process or enter reformed churches through the process of hearing expositional preaching. Uh, and, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll walk into those, those spaces and places. And there's a disconnect between the reformed view of, of expositional preaching and teaching, and then what's actually happening, uh, during a, a quote unquote worship service. And by that, unfortunately, uh, if, if we're not thinking rightly, our thought is that the worship service is the singing part. And that the preaching part is something separate from what's actually happening, musically speaking. And uh, and so I, I, I appreciate the idea behind that and, and the desire to connect those two things uh, as the catalyst for the workshops. Laramie, I would love for you to kind of speak a little bit more in depth to um, what, you know, the workshops that we're having. What can I expect if if, if I'm if I'm a pastor? And I'm I'm listening to what's being said here, and I'm going, yes, yes, amen, amen. What 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 Scott just said makes sense to me. I want more of that. I want to make the connection between the rich heritage of reformed uh, expositional preaching and teaching. I want to make that connection, you know, with with what I with what we sing and with the instrumentation that takes place and with all those pieces. Uh, I'd love to come to a, a worship workshop. What what am I going to learn there? I mean, are are, are we just going to talk about things? What are we go, What are we going to be doing? Can you can you help kind of fill in some of the blanks there? Yeah, you know, much of it starts um, with my history going to preaching workshops with Tom Buck. Um, I've been doing those with him since 2014. At, at some point along the way, um, I was worked into the small group leader rotation, but it was really quickly in those expository preaching workshops that I learned that I realized that this would be a really great model for helping equip guys in worship. Mm-hmm. And by equip, let me let me expound on that a little bit. There are lots of great conferences where you can hear good preaching. Mm-hmm. There are good conferences where you can participate in biblically faithful worship. But one of the things that I just don't see uh, is, is an expression where guys can work together and be equipped outside of just hearing or seeing, but it can actually do work together to help sharpen their, their worship planning uh, thoughts, leadership, and those things. And so 
taking the model of the preaching workshops and applying it to worship is such an easy transition. Essentially, those have three components. You have um, large group instruction where all the guys will be together and they'll hear teaching on foundational principles like um, making a case for biblical worship. Why? What should be included in, in biblical worship? How should it be ordered? Um, how should the sermon influence the service? Um, what are some practical things we should consider with choosing songs and, and things like that? Um, and so teaching those in, in large groups, but then having times, which is really the, the thing that sets it apart, having small group times where a leader along with eight guys or less, certainly no more, can plan services together around the word and help uh, give each other feedback on those and see how they're doing implementing these foundational principles of biblically regulated worship. So you have that small group time as well. But then you have a third component, which would be model services. So much like what you would hope you'd have on a Sunday morning, uh, the guys who come to the workshop can participate in biblically faithful worship. They can see it. And then in that way, they're getting instruction, foundational principles, working together with other guys, but then at the same time, seeing what they should be modeling as well. And so we'll have two days. Um, the one that's coming up in February will be a Tuesday and a Wednesday. And we'll have uh, these different components scattered throughout the day to help sharpen us. Um, and it'll be a, a small group. You go to a conference, you might have thousands of people. I know the recent G3 conference had 6,400 people. Well, yeah. it's, it's hard for 6,400 people to get together and, and work on things together. Um, mm -hmm. So what we're doing is having a small workshop. 40 spots are open to guys uh, whether you're um, a music guy, a pastor, um, anybody who has a role within corporate worship would be benefit would benefit from coming to these workshops where they can learn these foundational principles. Mm -hmm. it, perhaps you even have 30 years experience. Um, think of it like spring training. When I yeah. watched, we're in the middle of the World Series right now. Go Braves, by the way. And yeah. when we're watching, when we're watching that, it's interesting that even the 15 year veteran goes mm -hmm. to spring training and takes ground balls. Yeah. Even the 15-year veteran takes batting practice, these basic things. Um, and so it's really important, whether we're just starting out or have lots of experience, that we're sharpening our skills yeah. along the way. And these workshops um, have a great uh, potential to do that for those who come. Yeah, man, that's great. So appreciate what you guys have thought through and put together. And 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 the, the guys who are part of this can know and understand that you've had some experience setting these up, putting these on and doing these kinds of workshops. Uh, so it's it's not something brand new starting from scratch, so to speak, with regard uh, to you know the form and function of, of what that is. While the content may be structured uniquely, given the context of, of, of uh, what we're going to be of the subject matter, uh, how they're going to be structured, what they're going to be doing uh, has been time tested. So, so, so appreciate you sharing that. I, Matt, I want to get you in here because brother, we've had some phenomenal conversations uh, over the course of the last 10 months or so uh, about, about worship. Um, you know, you and I both come from uh, Pentecostal backgrounds um, and, and, you know, there's a, there's a certain style and a, and a, and a sway about what we expect expect in worship. And I, and I, I say that only because I, I, my guess is that a lot of our audience, uh, those who are listening, have also been influenced in some way, shape or form uh, by kind of the praise band model and, and, and kind of get up and, and, and it's, it's less of a congregational approach to worship and more of this kind of praise band kind of 
kind of spectating experience where you sit and you keep your hands in your pocket and you don't sing real loud and you watch the folks on the, on the, you know, on the, on the praise team, do what they do. Uh, and, and, you know, you sing along as, as, you know, as, as your heart feels like it. And, and, and it's really kind of the teaser to the main event, which is, you know, the preaching. And so that's kind of how, how a lot of this gets experienced. But, uh, as a, as a pastor, I, man, I, I would love to, to have you kind of unpack, um, why would it be important, you know, for a, a pastor uh, who may have had a similar experience to the one that that I've kind of characterized? Uh, why would it be important for them to participate? And, and what do you see as as a value uh, for this model uh, and approach toward worship? Yeah, I think um, you know there. You say many of us have been influenced by this model, this sort of this this praise band. You know, we talked about Pentecostal worship model. Mm-hmm. I think more of us have been influenced by that than maybe we even realize, you know, so much of, of what we are, even our terminology today about worship. We have the worship leader, you know, we have the praise and worship. This is all stuff that comes from the Pentecostal movement and the charismatic movement of the 20th century that is, is centered around this idea of, of an experience, of an emotional experience in worship. And so much of, of our expectations for worship about having these emotional highs. And um, we don't realize how far off that is, going back to uh, what Scott was saying earlier, how far off that is from the, re- the truly reformed worship model of the Reformation. You know, that's, uh, it's about, um, it, sure, it's about, about our emotions and about our ex- experiences, but there are certain kinds of experiences and certain kinds of emotions that we're, we're, we have to understand the difference, you know, what, what the purposes of, of worship are and why God uses worship to glorify himself, but also to edify us and for us to edify one another. And so who is this going to, these, these workshops going to affect? It's going to, you know, at the, the broadest level, it's going to affect every single person in your church, mm-hmm. right? Because the way they're engaged in the corporate worship of the church clearly matters as they're being formed, mm-hmm. as their theology is being expressed in right doxology. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we, we want we see this really as being obviously for, for any pastor who is in the role or person who's given the oversight, any man who's been given the pastoral oversight of planning and leading the worship services of the local church. And and so really that is every elder of every local church. Uh, every elder is responsible for how their churches worship, how they gather on the Lord's day and worship God. And so, uh, you know, this is not something we see as just being for, you know, the quote unquote worship leader or the worship pastor or the music minister or the worship guy, however you want to term him. Uh, but this is something we see even broader as being for, for all pastors to come and be sharpened. You know, maybe even those pastors who already get it, who understand uh, the nature of a, a gospel shaped service, uh, but coming and, and like Laramie was saying, sharpening their abilities. I've had the, uh, the privilege to be part of the workshops, the preaching workshops with Laramie as well, not nearly as, as long as him, just a, just the last couple of years, and really have been impacted by this model. I think it's a brilliant concept um, because so much of, of, like what Laramie was saying, so much of what we do at conferences is we're receiving lots of information. We might be participating in some way in some some form of worship, uh, singing songs, but but it's very it's much more passive in a lot of ways than what we're trying to accomplish with these workshops. Mm-hmm. The ability to come, to learn, to receive instruction, but then to immediately be able to apply that in the context of, of, of brothers who are in the same kind of positions that we're in, 
-hmm. and to be able to get immediate feedback that's just you know it's it has so many incredible uh so much incredible value Mm -hmm. for us so i think um this is going to be a really great opportunity for us to to understand the way worship works the way theology expresses worship the way worship like scott was saying informs our theology all that is so important and in my role as i'm I'm the the pastor of discipleship and worship here at praise mill and so there's a a great connection between discipleship and worship that's often overlooked Mm -hmm. i tell our people here and you and virgil you've heard me say this before that uh, uh, that worship is the primary place that discipleship takes place, right? So the corporate worship gathering, that's the first and foremost place. We often think of discipleship as like the classes we have, whether it's Sunday right. school or we call them discipleship classes or discipleship right. university or whatever we might say, or small groups. But really the primary place discipleship is taking place is on the Lord's Day worship services where we're gathered together as God's people, coming together as we see all throughout the New Testament <clears throat> and we're worshiping God and edifying one another, stirring up one another to love and good works. And so yeah. uh, we want to we want to really strengthen the theology of worship uh, behind, you know, how these pastors understand their their role and what the role of worship is. It's not some secondary or tertiary thing that doesn't really matter as long as the preaching is really strong. Worship is preaching is worship, and worship is is, is encompassing the entirety of the service. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of those are some of our goals with this. I think it's going to yeah. be. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Well, that that that's incredible. I, I love it because I know you and I have had in-depth conversations about this as, as I've been kind of transitioning from more of a traditional kind of SBC model with, with kind of the praise band to what we experience now every Sunday uh, here at, at Praise Mill, which is a completely different worship experience. I want to, I want to take a, a, just a, just a little bit of a turn because while this is uh, informative regarding uh, our worship workshops. Uh, I also want to take about 10 minutes just to unpack some things. I've got some some questions I'm going to kind of toss out at you guys um, and let you kind of kind of jump in as you see fit. Uh, we'll, we'll take 10 minutes to do this, 10, 10, 12 minutes to do this. And again, if you're listening in, I want to do two things. One is to encourage you uh, to, to in the comment section, uh, ask a question. Uh, I'm looking at all the platforms right now. Uh, I'm looking at you, the, our YouTube platform. I'm, I'm, I can see our G3 uh, conference page uh, on Facebook. I've got some other spaces and places where we are. So if you've got a question, feel free to ask it. The second thing uh, that I would encourage you to do is if you find this informative, uh, to share it on your page uh, and to tell others about it. So with that said, guys, here's a question that, that I have for, for you guys. I'm, you know, I'm Coming from a, a different context, uh, you know, I'm a let's let's hypothetically say I'm a pastor and, and we have a praise band. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, what's you know, what's 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 the problem with a praise band? Um, but w- kind of speak to not 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 I don't want this to be an attack on praise bands. But but what I, what I'd like to do is is is, is convince me uh, of, of, of maybe what I could see that would be a, a opportunity, a learning opportunity um, coming into um, you know, one of, one of the workshops or, or, or maybe better yet, what, what was the catalyst that caused you to think about maybe a different manner or mode by which to, to think through the lens uh, of, of worship, uh, you know, regarding how, kind of where you are now, Scott, I'd really like to start with you. Uh, I, I would love for you to kind of, kind of, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a praise and worship guy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at my church. Kind of what? What is it? Why? Where are you trying to take me? And, and how are yeah. you trying to shape me? What, what does that look like? 
Virgil, I think you said it perfectly earlier when you described how much of modern contemporary worship is in that it's people coming and just being spectators and watching the worship as it takes place on the stage. Here's the irony, irony of that. The, the same need for reform that Luther and Calvin and Bootser and others saw in Roman Catholicism is, was exactly the same problem. In the late medieval church, people would come, they would sit in a dark seating area, they would watch a lightened up chancel stage where the priests would worship on behalf of the people, mm-hmm. which is exactly the problem that we're seeing in many cases today. Uh, and the problem with that is, is again, if we're going to submit ourselves to the authority of Scripture, what do we find in the Word of God? We find that worship is first and foremost always initiated by God. It, belie- it begins with His revelation, then comes our response. So both of those things are necessary. It has to begin with God's Word. It has to begin with His revelation. But also, there's ne- there's this necessity of a dialogue that takes place between God and not just a pastor, not just a praise team, not just people who happen to be on a stage, but the entire congregation. We are all priests, the New Mm -hmm. Testament teaches us. So the necessity of revelation and response and the necessity of congregational involvement is so important. And those, both of those elements are what is often missing from much of contemporary worship. And those yeah. are the kinds of things that we see in scripture that need to be recovered. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Speak to Matt, if you will. Um, I, 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 I can talk about what's modeled here. Um, but what I see more times than not is I see uh, kind of a, a division in the lead or senior pastor, preaching pastor, whatever, whatever the title is, is given. There's, there's this kind of disconnect between what the lead or preaching pastor, he just focuses on the preaching. And then and then the, the music guy is kind of in his own kind of square. He's kind of putting together some songs and, and, and kind of leaving it that. The, what, what I see modeled here is is you and, and Pastor Josh sitting down and talking to and through and about the passage of Scripture where he's going. I mean, I, 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 because of the, because of where my office sits, I watch you walk into his office and a conversation that in, in most church settings would, would take, you know, two or three minutes, you get a title and you're out. I, I watch you guys unpack for, for an hour or more with regard to what he's thinking, where he's going and, and all of that kind of speak, speak to that a little bit. What, why, what's the difference? And, and, and perhaps even why should lead pastors consider coming and participating as a result of, of, of more of that that connected model as they begin to just talk talk through the, uh, the you know what happens on a on the Lord's day as, as far as worship is concerned. Yeah. So um, yeah. So a couple questions there. I'll try to answer it. Um. So I think I'll start with the pastor, the lead pastor question. You know why why should they come and 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 participate in this? Well, I think um, you know I mean, as Scott has already said, you know, Martin Bootser, Don Calvin, these guys are you know these are not these are not worship you know music ministers or, or, or worship leaders. These are, I mean, they are worship leaders in a sense, but they're, they're pastors, right? Uh, there's no biblical office of worship leader. Well, there is, but his name is Christ. And, you know, we find that in Hebrews. Um, but uh, there's, there's, there's no, I mean, a pastor, a pastor is responsible for leading and shepherding the church through the preaching of the word, through the worship. 
of the people and and forming and and shaping that service so that they are rightly formed by the worship as according to scripture mm-hmm. and so um what i think we often see today unfortunately uh and many and i'm not, not all seminaries certainly but many seminaries we see you know masters of divinity curriculum uh, programs that include nothing uh, on, on worship, no no course on worship, uh, nothing about uh, how we should we should approach God and worship, how we should plan the worship services. That might be sprinkled in throughout other theology courses here and there, depending on who's teaching the courses and how they approach it. But I think often that the topic of worship worship is neglected, and I think it's it's exactly what we've already been talking about. There's this separation, you know, that's like I, I'm 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 preaching the word. There's sort of this this uh, this two-part uh, service that we have now in evangelicalism so often. There's the, you know, there's the what we might call the music service or the sing, the, the song service, right? Maybe in older, older uh, circles. And then you have, uh, then you have the preaching or you have the worship and the preaching, right? That's what we often hear. Mm-hmm. And so um, the job, the, the job of the worship guy or the music guy is to prepare your, prepare the hearts of the people to hear the word, right? That's the, that's how you often hear it. Uh, we really got to get them worked up. And so we have, even this praise and worship, you know, we use that, we just use those terms so casually, but that's like a, there's a praise and worship liturgy where right. we begin the service with upbeat praise songs that then lead us into the worship of God, uh, leading us into the sort of the holy of holies. That's the kind of language you read about in the Pentecostal movement as we get closer to intimacy and an experience of intimacy with God. And then we're, we're ready finally to, to hear the word. Uh, and then and so often, uh, we hear preaching that is not even um, biblical uh, mm-hmm. preaching. Uh, so, um, you know, these these things are tied together so so intricately because it's all the worship. It's all the worship service. Right. And the preaching is part of the worship service and the giving of offerings is the part of the worship service. The baptisms and the Lord's Supper and the singing and the prayers and the scripture readings are all part of worshiping God. And so, again, this is every every pastor has a responsibility for oversight in the area of worship. Um, and so, you know, it's, as, as you, you mentioned in my conversations that you overhear with Pastor Josh, we, we meet, we talk together, we talk about what, what he's preaching on Sunday. Uh, usually I already have an idea because we're usually going through books of the Bible, right? right. Uh, so we're in the book of Luke now on Sunday mornings, and we're about to begin the book of Philippians on Sunday evenings in our worship services. So I have some idea, but we still get in there together and, and either in his office or my office, and we talk through you know, what he's thinking, how much he's going to go through, uh, if, he, if he needs to spend some more time unpacking a certain thing. And so as I'm planning the service, I'm thinking about a gospel-shaped order of worship, but I'm also thinking about how do I tie in this passage of scripture that is going to be preached on into the entirety of the worship service and the other scripture readings that we'll read and the songs that we will sing and the way that we will, um, you know, approach our prayers to God in worship. So all that is intricately tied together. Yeah. Um, because we are, in essence, we are telling a story as we worship God. We are, you know, we are really embodying a story, mm-hmm. and so uh, that story needs to be based on Scripture, and it needs to be connected from, from the call to worship to the benediction. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I, I love what you shared there. Let me. I would love uh, for you to kind of unpack for us, if you would. You know, I just like Matt, your your role is connected discipleship and worship um that that's that's unique i mean i i, I know that in, in 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 you see that more and more in, in reformed circles but but kind of speak to how you know the impact of that you know, and and how that's shaping how you're thinking 
about the worship and worship services and perhaps how others should be thinking about worship and the service as well. Yeah, much of what Scott and Matt have said, you know, really applies to this as well. Um, so at least my role at Woodlawn um, is, you know, worship and discipleship. So I oversee, you know, ministries like Sunday school and life groups and, and different things like that, even outside of the, the context of corporate worship. But when we think about, like Matt was saying, how our services ought to be shaped by the gospel and how each Sunday, if, there, if our service is shaped by the gospel each week, what is it that's shaping our lives? What's discipling us? Well, the gospel ends up shaping and discipling us. And there's no better pattern to let shape our lives because when we look at scripture, we see we see the overarching narrative in scripture is the gospel. God revealing himself to us, man responding in, uh, in adoration and confession, God providing pardon for us through Christ and ultimately us responding to that. Mm-hmm. And then we see that in, mac- in micro levels throughout scripture. We see that progression in Isaiah 6, Exodus 24, Leviticus 9, um, Revelation 4 and 5, we see the same pattern saturated uh, throughout Scripture. And so it makes sense that that most common pattern in Scripture would also be the most common pattern in our worship because it's shaping us. We're renewing ourselves in the gospel week after week, becoming more transformed to the image of Christ that God intended for us in the beginning. And that is, as Matt said earlier, that's the primary place where discipleship takes place is within the corporate worship of the local church. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, I want to take a few minutes now just to kind of look through maybe a handful of the questions uh, that that are coming in. If you have a question, feel free to drop that into uh, the the, the chat where you are, whether it's uh, on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, Sarah asked this question. She said, Scott, I read your article on worship and you talked about the office of the music leader. How can churches change their worship leaders role who are not elders in the biblical sense? And so maybe speak, speak to maybe a little bit about what you what, what you were, were kind of getting to or aiming at with regard to the office of the music leader. And then yeah. perhaps maybe some instruction around around that idea. So, sure. Yeah, I, I had a blog post uh, up on G3men.org a couple of weeks ago on this very topic. And, and Matt alluded to this earlier as well. Uh, and it is the idea that there really is no separate office uh, of of a worship leader or a music minister. That's that's all language we've sort of made up over the years. Really, the the as Matt said, the first and foremost only true worship leader is Jesus Christ. He is the one who leads us into the presence of God by faith in His sacrifice of atonement. And then from an earthly standpoint, though, obviously somebody has to plan the service. Somebody has to decide what's going to look like. Somebody has to choose the songs. And ultimately, biblically speaking, again, if our if our sufficient authority is the word of God, the, the biblical office that has oversight of the service is a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, a church might have a plurality of pastors, and so one might take the lead in that. Uh, a pastor, I think, can delegate some of that responsibility maybe to others, but still, ultimately, it is the it is the pastors of a church, the elders of a church who have that kind of oversight because of what we've been talking about, because it's not just music and it's not just something secondary and we're just choosing songs that we like or we're just finding the top 10. No, we recognize that everything that happens in the service 
from the songs to the scripture reading to the overarching order to the preaching. Everything has a formative disciple-making purpose and power to it. Well, then it very clearly falls under pastoral oversight. And so how do we change that? Well, I think some of our language can help with that. Uh, personally, I, I look at a term like worship leader that has its roots in the Pentecostal movement. I'm just not sure that that's the best term to use unless we're talking about Jesus Christ. Let's use biblical language. There are two mm. offices, elder, also called pastor and overseer, and deacon. Let's use that language. And then let's be clear, the, the office that has oversight of all of the discipleship of a church, including its corporate worship, is the elder, the pastor. So I think some of the language can help there. And then just workshops like these, mm -hmm. pastors coming to this to, to, to learn and talk and practice this kind of oversight, because like Mike sa uh, Matt said, it's so um, missing from most seminary education today, uh, mm -hmm. re reclaiming that, that purpose and function and then equipping themselves in that function will help pastors to take the leadership that the Bible expects them to take. No, I totally agree. I, we've got a number of questions coming in, Matt, I'm going to have you hit this one in, in about, a, about 90 seconds. Cause I know you can do an hour and a half on this, but, <laughs> but explain, explain quickly, uh, Jonathan asked, explain quickly kind of what the Bible has to say regarding worship being more than just music and singing. Yeah, I mean, so I think from Genesis to Revelation, we we find that obviously. I mean, that's a you know, we the Bible. I mean, obviously, the sacrificial system in the Old Testament is about worship. Uh, you know, we have clear commands throughout the New Testament when we think about New Covenant worship. Clear commands about what is included in the gathered church, right? Mm -hmm. The the coming together of the church for worship. You know, preaching of the word, the public reading of Scripture, prayers. Mm -hmm singing as we've already said singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs obviously the ordinances of baptism and the lord's supper and then the giving of uh you know of our, of our finances mm -hmm. so all of these elements are a part of the worship of god singing is one element of those elements there's nothing that there's nothing that identifies or or, or makes music or and singing synonymous with worship yeah. by itself yeah uh, it's a, it's an element of worship. Yeah, absolutely. You'd mentioned earlier, you know, everything from from the offertory to, you know, uh, the Lord's table to, you you know, all all those, the call to worship, the reading of the scripture, all of those are components uh, of, of the worship service. Uh, Lar Laramie, you, you had, you'd mentioned um, of, of our time in worship, you, you'd mentioned uh, earlier when you talked about kind of your role, uh, what you did, what, what Bill says, you know, it's probably most of the churches actually have a single uh, full-time pastor and most of them have part-time maybe music directors who have limited time to be involved in the planning uh, because they have a full-time job elsewhere. Uh, perhaps perhaps you could speak to maybe the value of, of, of attending a workshop like this for just that person, right? For for someone to, to, to get get their feet under them because of the fact that they that they're not in a full-time role to dedicate all of their time to this kind of thing. Maybe maybe speak to that just a little bit. Did we lose you there? Looks like we lost him. Yeah. I'm here. Okay. Go for it. There we go. We got you. 
but I got your question before it Good. before it gave me the little spinning circle thing that we never want to see. Right, right. <laughs> so, Virgil, I would say first of all, for the guy who probably has a full time job and is also serving a church um, part time, mm-hmm. like you, you have a lot on your plate, um, and that's and that's not going to change. So it'd be really easy for me to say, oh well, since you've got a full time job, just take some shortcuts. But unfortunately, um, you you can't do that. So you're you're going to have to grind. You're gonna you're you're gonna have to work hard to to do a faithful job, the scripture in your in your worship leadership. But as far as that guy in these workshops, yeah, you you are a perfect person to come to one of these workshops because I'm guessing as with a full time job working part time, you're not going to seminary. You're not you don't have time to go to seminary, but you can take two days. Um, in- Oh, he got the spinning thing. <laughs> no, I, I can I can wrap up what I my, my thought is. It, it would be great for you to to attend one of these events, um, and uh, and and participate. So that again, and I, I, Laramie, I know you're back. I love what you what you suggested there. Yeah, you know, you've got a full plate. You don't have time, perhaps, to 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 you know walk through a, a you know a you know fully orbed experience each week with the pastor. But man, if you got kind of some framework from one of these workshops, you would definitely have some some bullet point ideas by which to go back to your local church and to to provide some faithfulness uh, regarding the, the planning uh, of, of, of worship on the Lord's day. And so uh, what I want to do now is in, in a, as we get ready to wrap things up is, is I, I want to give Scott an opportunity to kind of make the make the pitch as to you know, this was kind of a, a, a thing that I remember as you came on, uh, you know, I'm hearing about this thing and I'm like, wait a minute, did, did y'all plan something and mi- I, I missed it? Like, what? what? <laughs> but uh, I know that there was such excitement about you guys planning this and talking about this. You've been mad at about this. And I, I'd already heard about Laramie and, and, and his role in this. Uh, man, I'm excited for what's about to take place. I'm excited also for G3 Ministries because I think I really think this carves out maybe some uniqueness. Not that we weren't already unique, uh, but that this is an offering that we can provide uh, that, that's unique to G3. We've got our preaching workshops. Yeah, every, you know there are other folks who have their preaching workshops. I'd argue we do those differently. I'd argue that we do those in a way that that totally equips a pastor so that they can get back and start on a particular book and begin walking through. So I can make the case there, but make the case for us with regard to what what, uh, you know, what someone's going to experience and why these are a value for the for the local church pastor. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's just that Laramie and Matt and I go way back and we've talking been talking about this stuff for years. And now for you to come in and bring your expertise to the running of these things has been has been so helpful. Really, really excited. I'll just springboard off of what kind of Laramie was finishing there as uh, a moment ago too. You know what what this workshop is going to be like. We've, we've chosen a book of the Bible, and we'll do that just like the expository preaching workshops. We're going to dive into those texts and really think about okay, if you know what your pastor's preaching, you might not have the time to go sit down with him for an hour. So you need to study that text for yourself. Mm. You need to find the main point of that text, and then with a gospel shape to the service also integrate the the primary thrust of that text of scripture into the service of the day. And that's that's really what we're after. It's going to be very practical. We're going to talk about biblical principles, but then we're like Laramie talked about earlier, we're going to get down to the tables 
pencil and paper in hand, open Bible, and really work through, practice through, not just talk about it, but practice through how to take a text of scripture and plan a worship service that will help to reinforce and form the congregation in that way. So we really hope that pastors and other uh, men who are in leadership positions in this role will come. Uh, it's the registration is open right now on g3men.org. You can click on the events link at the top and you can see our upcoming events and you can see the biblical worship workshop. We've planned this one intentionally to be the, the two days leading up to our regional G3 conference here at Praise Mill Baptist Church in February. And so we encourage you to go register for the for the regional conference and then register for the uh, the workshop, which is the two days previous, the February 8th and 9th. And uh, Laramie mentioned we've got at the end of both of those days kind of some model services. And we have Josh Bice preaching in that first service. Owen Strand will be preaching in that second service. Uh, they've chosen texts from the book of the Bible that we'll be working through. And so those services will model the idea of, of integrating those scripture passages, but they'll also be the very texts that we'll be working through together uh, in the workshop. And so I would just encourage you, we've got early bird registration rate happening right now, but there's a, there's a limit to those early bird registrations. So you don't want to wait on that. Get registered today on g3min.org. And uh, we'll, we'll really looking forward to uh, these workshops coming up in just a couple months. Wow, Scott, I'm, I'm even more excited about these than I was, you know, as, as you guys have unpacked it, to know that guys will be able to dig into the text of Scripture and come Absolutely. out of that with content to be able to, sh- to, to, to f- have a gospel shaped worship service is incredible. And then to be able to, to leverage, you know, Dr. Josh Bice. Uh, Dr. Owen Strand in those spe- good night, man. That is gonna be, that's gonna be incredible. And so, it, Laramie, I even know that from you know from the a lot of the guys who've been a part of the expository preaching workshops, this is kind of this is kind of part two. Uh, I would imagine for a lot of those guys as well. What are, what are your thoughts there? Is that, is that would that be something uh, that that would be good for for lead, lead pastors who've done some of the expositional work to be a part of? Yeah, absolutely. If you just did um, the preaching workshop at the G3 conference in uh, September, first part of October, you um, learned eight passages in 2 Timothy. We're using those same eight passages in 2 Timothy in our February workshop. If you came to both, you'd be really well equipped to plan worship around those texts, but also to preach those texts. Wow. Outstanding. Well, listen, again, this, this, this is a hands down kind of drop the mic moment uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of what we're doing here at G3. I know that our goal is is, is, is definitely to equip local church pastors. Um, we, we've done, you know, we, we've done the, the big the big conference where I think a lot of folks are edified and encouraged. Uh, we've got preaching workshops for expository preachers and pastors who who need that kind of you know, education and equipping, and then this coming alongside it with the worship workshops. I just think this is a one-two punch that really is going to be incredibly powerful moving forward. Guys, thanks so much for joining me for this time. Uh, Thank you all uh, for participating and being a part. We want to encourage you again, if you've watched this and you're as excited as as we are about uh, G3 and what we're doing with these worship workshops, please share this information far and wide uh, and then get on the website and get registered, get registered for uh, 
the, the, the workshop, which is on February 8th and 9th, uh, and then follow on with us at the regional conference uh, that we're going to be having here at Praise Mill Baptist Church, uh, February 10th uh, through the 12th. So excited about it. Thank you guys for joining us. Looking forward to your participation, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time.